Hello. Thank you. All right. Welcome, everybody, to the B-Team podcast. As promised, this is our triple feature review for a few Halloween movies. Uh, ones that we decided were definitely better than Halloween Ends and uh, probably this whole David Gordon Green trilogy. <laughs> yes. Uh, so today we are going to be covering Halloween 2, the original one from 1981. Uh, Halloween 10 years later, which is Halloween 4, the return of Michael Myers. And then we're going to finish it off with the unfortunately named Halloween H2O which the full title of is Halloween 20 years later, 20 years later. Uh, so, Brendan, we did Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, last year. Let's yes. start with Halloween 2, which did not have a subtitle. Well, uh, yes. Um, and to be clear, you know, this is the 81. We're not doing the yeah, Rob we're Zombie. Not doing I, Rob I, Zombie. Thought, I thought that's what we were here for. Oh, my gosh. No, that would be H2. Halloween 2, 2009. <laughs> yeah, so Halloween 2 is... I have it at the moment as my favorite Halloween film. Okay. Um, I think it's one of the best sequels. One of my fa- Definitely one of my favorite sequels ever. I think it's a great continuation um, in terms of just the end of Halloween just flows so well into the start of this film and they feel like if you watch them back to back like it's just one big story mm-hmm. um and i would say the reason i like this film is if i had i mean i love the first halloween but if i had to knock it my favorite character in this whole franchise and just one of my favorite horror characters in general loomis yeah has not much to really do he kind of just stands around waiting the whole movie in this one he is all action um, and, and with another Halloween movie we'll be talking about in a little bit. Um, and yeah, that's uh, my quick review of why I like Halloween 2. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, this is definitely one of my favorites. And uh, for a long time, I had it either at number two or number three. Um, you know, we'll, we'll get to my favorite. Um, yeah, a lot of people don't realize that Loomis is not really in the first one all that much. He kind of anchors the story, kind of explains like the mystique behind Michael Myers. And then we spend a lot of time with him just standing outside the Myers house. And we're focused on, you know, Laurie and the rest of the girls. Uh, he's front and center in Halloween, too, because that's the one that Laurie's barely in. You know, she spends the entire movie at... Haddonfield Memorial Hospital, which uh, is very famous for being understaffed and not having proper lighting. Um, I think we could both agree that Halloween 2, the original, is probably the most slasher of all the Halloween sequels. Probably all the Halloween movies. Um, yeah, prob- probably. I'd go with either it or the first one. Yeah. Just on top um, of my head. Because this one kind of follows a uh, a sexed up hospital staff. There's tons yeah. of nudity, really inventive kills. You know, Michael, of course, uses a butcher knife. Uh, and this one, I think there's like one, maybe two butcher knife kills. And then there's a, a shitload of other kills. And even on, you know, most of the, uh, the Blu-rays, like I have the Steelbook, which has the famous scene from the end, blood coming out of his eyes. Uh, he's holding the scalpel, which, you know, is one of the best kills 
Everybody talks about the, the Bob kill in the first movie. I mean, this one defies the laws of physics way more. Yeah. Well, I've always said Michael doesn't even have the best kill in this movie. The Well, no, we'll get to that. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we, we start off literally at the ending of the first movie. Uh, the only discrepancy is Loomis famously fired six shots, and in this one we hear seven. Um, yes. You know, we, we start with the kids were told to run down the street to the Mackenzie's house. Loomis runs over there and we, we get the great line of, you know, I've been trick or treated to death tonight. You don't know what death is. Yes. Uh, you know, Loomis absolutely goes batshit in this one. Um, he just had a lot of fun doing it in Donald Pleasance and it gets even better later on after he returns from the grave. Um, so yeah, basically Lori's taken to the hospital and Michael is briefly pursuing her. Um, and so this one was written by John Carpenter and it was directed by Rick Rosenthal, which Rick Rosenthal will come back to do Halloween Resurrection. Um, <laughs> neither one of us are fans of that movie. Ironically, well, I, I, I like, I like Halloween Resurrection. It's not a good movie, but I, I mean, all right. So it's fun to laugh at, but yeah. Um, so for years I was like, you know, how does this guy make like, you know, arguably one of the best movies and then arguably one of the absolute worst. Uh, and the answer is John Carpenter actually came in not only for rewrites, but also reshoots. And he directed probably the best parts of this movie. Um, so there's a scene where Michael is basically walking down the street after having killed off some of the neighbors. Uh, he hears, uh, I think it's like a radio broadcast or a paramedic radio about Lori being taken to the hospital and that's how he knows to go there uh, and it's just that, that great dolly shot of him going down the street which they tried to recreate for H40 uh, right down to him killing the same neighbors having like, the same phone conversation much better in this movie and then of course there's the infamous sibling thing um, so John Carpenter legend has it was drunk one night and decided to make Michael and Lori brother and sister. And at the time, this made it into the redo of the TV version of the original, uh, which gives you, you know, a few added scenes to pad out the runtime for commercial broadcast. Um, and then this is something that they kept for all of the remaining movies, even with the, you know, soft reboot we'll get to. Uh, and to his credit, it's the one thing that Rob Zombie kept. So infamously, when the trailer for the first of the David Gordon Greens came out, you know, they have a line in the trailer about, you know, wasn't he her brother? And they're like, no, that's just something stupid people on the Internet made up. Um, I am always a fan of the familial connection. I think it sets the stage for this movie, raises the stakes. And of course, you know, is the driving force behind the whole leader Thorn trilogy and everything with Jamie. Yes. Um, you know, is it cliched? Sure, why not? But, like, who gives a shit, you know? If Jason can have a sister in the uh, ninth movie, Michael can have one in the, in the first and the second movie. <laughs> you know, at least that makes sense, because everybody was always, well, why did he go after Lori, you know? She didn't do anything. Why does he keep going after her? How does he know where she is? Um, and then we get, you know, th there's so many good Loomis moments in this movie, but as far as Michael and the lore... You know, 
my goal has gone back to the elementary school, which is where we, we kind of get our big, but it's more expository reveal of the sibling thing. And he's written in blood on the chalkboard. Sawin, which is, of course, as uh, Justin and I were talking in the god awful Legend Curse of Krom movie, uh, Sawin was the original name for Halloween, the Celtic pagan festival of basically like, uh, you know, Devil's Night, which is, of course, today. Uh, into Halloween, and Halloween 2 is actually the end of Halloween into November 1st. We usually call it, we will call it November 1st. Um, and Donald Pleasance had never seen that word before, did not give a fuck, and famously just says, Sam Hain. Uh, you know, it, it's become such a running pop culture joke that like people will make horror movies with characters named Sam Hain. Um, you know, people would just put it on shirts for Lobus. But yeah, we we sort of get the introduction to the thorn thing. They haven't quite come out with the runes yet or the cult, but there is basically this idea of worshiping a uh, avatar of the festival who would basically be like this immortal killing machine, which yeah. is, you know, kind of a way to explain Michael and how he's able to take all these shots and just keep going. Yes, yeah, it's, it's rewatching it. It's like. It's just so so briefly mentioned when they uh was that they go to the school I believe mm-hmm. and again that was one of the things that like Carpenter came in for the rewrite the reshoots and just he was like all right I'm done now what yeah um, um so yeah originally there wasn't a lot of blood in this movie that was also car like everything I love about this movie comes from Carpenter Rick Rosenthal wanted to make a more character driven streamlined movie kind of along the lines of something like Halloween ends and John Carpenter is like, no, you need to come in and put in blood and boobs. <laughs> and, uh, he came back for all that. The hospital staff, you know, they're, they're good, fun characters, but they're more like characters out of like a Friday the 13th. They don't really fit in the Halloween movie at all. Um, so I think it's good that they have no real connection to Loomis or to Lori because they're all kind of taken out one by one, and then we finally get back to following Lori. You know, the only one that feels like a Halloween character is Jimmy, and uh, that's pretty much all the parts that Rosenthal did. Um, so, yeah, you have Jimmy Lloyd, who's the paramedic, played by Lance Guest, and um, we kind of get the feeling that him and Lori are going to get together. But depending on which version you watch, he dies or he doesn't die. Uh, and I think it's the TV version. He's the one where he doesn't die and like they hug at the end. Uh, and we're never told who the actual father of Jamie is. So it's, you know, it's up to fan speculation. It was it him. Was it his brother? Was it someone else? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, she's basically in the hospital the whole movie, much like Halloween Kills. Difference is like she didn't need to be in Halloween Kills at all. She she's there to drop trailer lines. In this movie, oh, yeah. she's pretty much helpless. And you know, once she realizes what's going on, she's trying to escape. And then again, in the last like four minutes, they decide, well, Loomis is actually the main character, and he comes to like save her again. Yeah, I like for the middle of the movie, she's basically absent. But then third act, she's like actually important again to the plot. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so let's talk about probably the the best and most famous part of the movie, uh, <laughs> and then we can really address something that doesn't make a lot of sense from the first movie. 
So Lori, of course, had a crush on a boy named Ben Tramer. Ben Tramer. And uh, he decided to go as Michael Myers for Halloween. The problem is, this is the same night as Michael Myers' attack in the first movie, and he's got an identical costume. He's just got blonde hair. Um, so here's my theory. Ben Tramer is the one who broke into the hardware store. Because in the first movie, Michael has killed a mechanic on the side of the road to get his jumpsuit. He already had a mask. And by the time that they get to the hardware store, the alarm bell is still going off. Michael's already been out and about killing people. It sounds like Ben Dreamer was kind of a little asshole, and that's why Lori liked him. He was a bad boy, so I think he's the one that broke into the hardware store. Yeah, I mean, I just, um, I just always thought, you know, clearly in this town you can get that mask, and he just, you know, happened to have the same thing. Yeah, but him having the same jumpsuit, I don't know about that one. But I mean, it's like, what was he even going as for? <laughs> Plus, I mean, that that mask, like, I, like, what are you even supposed to be? Like, so, um, you know, obviously in, in real life, it's a repurposed William Shatner, or Captain Kirk, yeah. mask, but I don't know if it's actually supposed to be that in the universe. I don't think so. It's never said. No. Um, but yeah, Loomis's scene where he kills him is like one of the best things ever put to film. Um, yeah. Know, so basically Loomis like has obviously seen Michael in the getup. At this point, he's he's running around town with uh, Sheriff Brackett, who has now found that his daughter's dead. So his villain and um, Loomis is already stirring up mobs and directing people to go after Michael. And he, he basically just like startles him. And then it's the cops that just completely run him down, slam him into a van, which explodes. Yeah. I've always said, like, that's the start of Loomis just blindly shooting at uh, people. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's one of the best death scenes ever. And I believe they they find out via, what, his dental records that it's, like, it's not Michael. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's, like, a throwaway line later. They're like, oh, we'll have to identify him by his dental records. They're like, you know, well, Ben Tramer was out tonight. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, and after that is when we, we get our, our scene of, you know, Michael kind of doing his rampage to the hospital. Yeah, his rampage to the hospital is great. I love uh, I'm forgetting when he kills the nurse that's in the hot tub. I've always found that one good. Oh, um, yeah, that's great. Um, And, yeah, so this one also was kind of famous for, depending on which version you watch, did not have the Halloween theme. It instead opens and closes with Mr. Sandman from the Cordettes. And I think it's actually a cover of theirs, but um, so this is probably the only one in the entire series besides Halloween three to not use the theme. Um, well, and, uh, I guess Halloween I, ends also didn't. Yeah. I mean, doesn't, I can't, H20 ha, definitely has Sandman. Um, it's got both. Yeah. Okay. It has both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely one of those interesting choices i'll say um i remember that uh, rick rosenthal he, he said why they chose the song it was something like a 
Oh, it like thematically ties to lawyer or something like that. I can't remember what. Yeah, it's a it, well. The song is about you know a girl who's like wishing for like a dream lover, but they were they were kind of like going for like some weird like Freudian incest angle there because obviously they're brother and sister. Yeah. Um. um so yeah, Halloween two is a lot of fun. Um. You know, people have in in recent years tried to bury it and said like it's stupid, it doesn't make sense. Um, uh, it's easily top five for a lot of people. It's top three. You know, there's elements from some of the later movies and then the original that some people will be like, well, I like this better than that. This is better than that. But anyone who has it in the bottom, like I would say, they they just don't like the original Halloween movies. Yeah, um, and I'll say this. This one, I would say, yeah, I think the first one in terms of, like, strictly directing is the best one because, obviously, you know, that's John Carpenter, like, around, you know, his peak base. I would say this one's probably the second best in terms of directing. Um, Which, again, all the all the great yeah. parts are John Carpenter, so, yeah. yeah. The cinematography is amazing in this mm-hmm. movie. I love how it's lit and everything. Um, yeah, the, I guess negatives would be, like, the hospital, this is like the most empty hospital I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. There's no other patients, I'm convinced, in the whole thing besides Lori. Um, well, it's funny. When I went back and listened to our Halloween Kills review, um, you know, it's one of the times when I had just a, a really bad eye scratch. And when I saw that they were going to Haddonfield Memorial, I was so happy in the theater because I was like, oh, thank God, I know that place. The lights don't work. And, of course, in Halloween Kills, it's bright as shit and there's tons of people. But, you know, like that's how infamous this hospital is for just being like desolate and empty. Yeah. Um, Speaking of the hospital, we get our ending, which is probably my favorite of all the Halloween endings. Uh, Uh, Between this one and four for me. Yeah, I, I love four, but like I mean, this one—the whole scene is just so iconic. Like I said, they put it right on the steel book, you know. So yeah. Michael corners Laurie in—I uh, don't know—I guess like an empty operating room, and she has Loomis's gun, and she's like, you know, fucking dead shot, hits him in both of his eyes, and you get like blood trails coming out of the eyes, but he's not dead, but he's blind. He starts swinging wildly. Loomis turns on, like, oxygen tanks, gets Laurie out of there, and then just lights himself up, and they both explode. And, you know, in movie, this is the first time that Michael dies and that Loomis dies. And uh, you get a, a great shot of him just coming down the hallway on fire with the blood coming out of his yeah. eyes and just falls down. You know, almost like right out of uh, Terminator, which, of course, came out two years later. So three years later. Um, So, yeah, we then had our Halloween three season of the witch, which, you know, we reviewed that last year Uh, at the time. It made a lot of money, probably just because it was a Halloween movie, but audiences did not care for it. And uh, they quickly decided to bring back Michael Myers Carpenter was going to come back and his idea was to have a ghost Michael because he's like, they killed him in two. I killed him in two. Uh, The studio was like, no, we need to bring him back for realsies. So he was like, all right, I'm done. I'm out. Jamie Lee Curtis had blown up at this point. She didn't want any part of horror movies. She very famously hates horror movies. Uh, If you've been following the non-traversy of the month, 
She has never seen Halloween four, had no idea who Daniel Harris was. No idea who Scott Compton was either, which is bizarre. And, uh, you know, was on record saying, I don't even watch the horror movies unless I'm in them. I hate horror movies. So thank you, Jamie Lee Curtis. Never forget where you came from. So we get uh, writer-director Dwight Little, 1988, Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers. Now, for me, this one is like the quintessential Halloween movie. It's like if you were going to do a soft reboot of the franchise or you were going to just do a sequel, like this one has all of the beats you need to hit. Uh, I would actually argue more so than H2O or H4O. This one is like the original, what we would say, like Force Awakens Halloween. Yeah. It's got all the beats of the original with new characters tying back to Legacy. You know, you, you get even... Loomis anchoring everything, kind of like Han Solo did in Force Awakens. You've got Michael coming back as the evil. And uh, you've got this, you know, new young girl that Michael's after. And uh, it's really on her whether the audience is going to love her or hate her. And in the case of Daniel Harris's Jamie Lloyd, pretty much everybody loved her. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then, of course, she's got her big sister character, uh, Rachel, who was played by, I'm blanking on her name, but uh, she's only in four and five and she's great. You know, this one, a lot of people call it the, um, people have called it like the PG Halloween and I, I definitely don't see that. I would say that's way more in line with five, maybe even six, no, probably five, but um, you know, it's, it's a little bit kind of toned down in some spots, not in others. Um, and then the big controversy for this one is the mask. So here's my thing on that in movie, in universe, Michael Myers has become like this, you know, pop culture sensation. That's, you know, I guess just really bad taste. Um, and people are making actual like Michael Myers masks. He breaks into the equivalent of like a CVS to steal this mask. If you go to a CVS now, and I remember this because my best friend had one in college, we laughed about it, and you look up CVS Jason mask, there's a really, really shitty royalty-free semi-Jason hockey mask that is so poorly produced, it has stereotypical Asian eyes. So when I tell people, I'm like, you know, yeah, the mask sucks, but like, it, in, in story, in universe, it's supposed to. It's supposed to be like a $1.99 cheap piece of shit. Uh, of course, they put the real one on the cover, and we didn't really explain it, but the original original mask was with Deborah Hill, who was like a three-pack-a-day smoker. By the time of Halloween 2, she had yellowed and destroyed the original mask, so it looks different even in the second movie. Um, and then by Halloween 4, it was just gone. Yeah. And for whatever reason, they've never been able to properly recreate the mask until, you know, like H4O came out. So, I mean, I've seen them at conventions that people made them themselves. They look fine. I don't get it, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um... Um, so, yeah, this one follows the daughter of Laurie Strode, um, Jamie Lloyd, who is with this foster family. And she 
doesn't really have a, a psychic connection to Michael yet, but there is kind of one hinted at. Um, you know, she knows very little about him, very little about her mother. She carries around like a promotional still from the original. <laughs> um, this one opens on uh, just a, a really nice daylight shot, and um, this one is set in Utah. And I said on the Curse of Crom one, I was like, you know, the beginning of that movie looked like Halloween 4. And I was like, wow, that really just looks exactly like Utah. Sure enough, that was also shot in Utah. So I guess it's got a distinct look. Um, they bring back certain characters from the original and just kind of cameo roles. You've got Tommy, you've got Lindsay. Um, and then really the movie is just Michael following Jamie because the second that he hears that like she even exists, he basically is being transferred. Uh, he he's like been in a coma since Halloween yeah. too, and uh, he wakes up, <laughs> wakes up, snacks back to life, and uh, begins his rampage. Yeah, uh, Loomis is alive somehow. He's got a horrible burn on his face for half the movie, uh, and legend has it his girlfriend at the time said the makeup looked like he had an egg on his face. So he demanded they reshoot, and like half the movie he has it, half the movie he doesn't have it. <laughs> Yes. Um, as Sarah likes to say, Loomis is at his most batshit in this movie. Oh, by he, far. He opens doors by shooting. Um, he definitely shoots first and asks questions never. He <laughs> openly openly tries to kill Michael a few times and uh, succeeds in blowing up an entire gas station. I was going to say, their, their first encounter, they like blow up a gas station diner. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, this has the scene where, like, characters right out of a Friday the 13th are, are faking Loomis out that they'll pick him up on the side of the road. There's like a, <laughs> yes. a fucking yes. convertible filled with cheerleaders. Uh, so he ends up getting picked up by this crazy ass preacher and he's just like, you know, you're, you're chasing Armageddon. And the two of them just start drinking and going down the road to Haddonfield. Uh, Michael makes it back. You know, at this point, Michael is absolutely supernatural. He's got some kind of a psychic link with Jamie, he's been she having has visions of him, and then he yeah. actually shows up in the store, uh, and then he's just back in Haddonfield. Uh, we get, you know, like I said, all the beats of the original. Loomis comes back into town, finds out Brackett retired, uh, so now the new sheriff is Sheriff Meeker. Meeker does kind of take him seriously, but too little, too late. They go through all the beats of staking out the Myers house. Um, you know, a, a number of chase scenes, all the side characters are dispatched and um, you get some really great rooftop action fight where the uh, actress who plays Rachel actually got injured in real life and apparently like finished the take, went to the, or went to the hospital to get stitched up, came back and filmed the scene. Huh. Um, got the, the, uh, Basically, the uh, original version of Evil Dies Tonight. Mom. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we had said during Halloween Kills, like, that was really just a retread ripoff of Halloween 2 and Halloween 4. Uh, yeah, this is the one where Loomis riles up the town. You know, they actually are going after Michael, or they think they are. Maker's trying to calm them down. They're all a bunch of drunk rednecks. And, uh, you know, we, we can add to the casualties with uh, Ben Tramer. They unfortunately unload on Ted Hollister's bush. Yes. 
and we don't know what he was doing in them bushes, but uh, he, he was famous for having a bush all his own. <laughs> yeah, and I love the uh, reaction when they realize they did. They're just like, "Oh no, we killed him!" Anyway. Yeah, they're like, "Oh shit, it was Ted Hollister's bush." All right. And um, yeah, so they kind of form their own little lynch mob. They're all in like pickup trucks. They end up picking up the girls. Michael gets on the truck, kills all of them. Yeah, he hides. Rachel underneath. finally gets control, runs him over a couple times. The the shot of her running him over is is great. I always love that one. Um, and then we're left with him chasing Jamie. He makes physical contact with her and possibly passes the evil. Uh, and then we get a great shot right out of Tremors of the surviving rednecks and some cops state showing up with assault shotguns and blowing him the fuck away. Uh, he falls in the, like, kind he falls of down the mine. Ball. It's a mine. It's yeah. a mine, right. And then, like, the quarter potty next to him falls in on top of him. Yes. Um, so, yeah, the whole movie, Jamie was in a clown costume, which, of course, was a callback to Michael in the original. And if you've ever seen the trailer for Halloween 4, it kind of blows the ending. But, you know, when I first saw it, I, I hadn't. So that was good. Me neither. Um, we get a POV shot of someone putting on the clown costume mask. And, like, you can kind of figure out what's happening right away. But they're shooting it and framing it in such a way that you're not supposed to. And um, it's actually Jamie who has briefly become possessed, takes a pair of scissors and... In movie, she kills her stepmother. In continuity, she just kind of stabbed her in the shoulder. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's it's Loomis and Maker are still in the house, and Loomis goes for his gun, and when he sees it's Jamie, he doesn't give a fuck, and he just goes to shoot, and you get this great reaction so, shot. Some of the best Luther, acting ever. Who, like, knocks Loomis's gun down, and then, you know, thinking it was Michael, he looks up, sees it's the little girl, and he's just in shock, like, what the fuck? Well, and, and Loomis, like, Donald Pleasant's his best director. He's just like, no, no, yeah. no. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. And then, then he just, he literally, like, sinks to the floor and is then just, like, crying. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, the movie ends with, uh, who is it, Rachel, her, like, boyfriend, I believe? Boyfriend or, like, love interest. And uh, the cop just, like, staring at Jamie in horror as it cuts to black no rachel's rachel's dead it's your father at that i mean rachel's boyfriend's dead at that point it's her father oh y yes her father her father that's it and uh... um but yeah like you said halloween 4 it's basically a tfa style movie you know, mm -hmm. it's basically just the plot of the first one but with a lot of new additions um and they switch things up you know adding in new things i think uh I'll say this. It, the movie definitely does feel cheap compared to Halloween 1 and 2. Mm -hmm. um, like, just... I always like watching... You know, if you go from Halloween 2 to 4, just like the cinematography in 2 is so much better than 4. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and one thing I'll shout out 4 for, it has a great soundtrack, I, I've always thought. Yeah. Um, Carpenter didn't do it, but his, like, uh, what's his name? Alan something the guy he like basically does most of the stuff with john carpenter it's always yeah. together he just does it solo and he, he does a great job i thought the halloween um, four theme is actually my favorite 
and I have two versions of it on my Halloween playlist. I've got the full one because, like, you know, the scene opens in the rain and, like, the actual theme, like, he designed it so it didn't hit for, like, a minute and a half. And yeah. then I've got the edit where it just starts with that. But, yeah, it's the original theme, like, pumped up with synthesizers in the background. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I own it on vinyl. One one of the – yeah, such a great soundtrack. Um, then other things, yeah, I think this is probably – yeah, like you said, Dr. Loomis at his best in my opinion. Um, you know, Ben Tramer, probably his best ever moment, but this is like his best movie for me. Oh, easily. Yeah. Um, and we forgot to mention how upset, uh, Brady gets with that Rachel has to babysit. <laughs> yes. Um, I like the, uh, how they build up Michael coming to the town. Mm-hmm. Cause like you said, Jamie's having like the, uh, she has a couple like really great, really well done, like uh, nightmare versions of him. Uh, like I really like the one where there's like multiple versions, like versions of him attacking her. Oh, that's another thing we didn't say. So to follow up on Ben Tramer, you know, at this point Michael has become you know like a, a pop culture figure. Like we said, there's like three or four people dressed like Michael Myers, and Loomis just pulls out his gun and is ready to shoot one. And then he sees others walking around, and rather than just immediately realize it's kids playing a Halloween prank. He was totally ready to start shooting them like Michael had cloned himself, and that wouldn't even have made a difference to him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Loomis, Loomis has got his trigger finger in the sequels. Mm-hmm. He's ready. Um, and what, uh, oh, I, I think Michael's got... There's less gore, you're right, but I think his kills as the movies go goes on gets better, especially once he gets to a, the house. I can't remember whose house they're at. I think it's Rachel's. Whoever's house they're at. Uh, They're at Meeker's house. Okay, when he, like, kills the the cops in the car. Mm -hmm. He kills the boyfriend. Um, I think because he happens until then. Well, yeah, this is the one where Michael gets, like, you know, possession of a shotgun. And rather than use it like Art the Clown, he just takes it and full-on impales Kelly into the wall with it. Yes, yes, that is a great kill. Uh, Because, you know, Michael is only going to use things to stab people. Um, he briefly cosplays as one of the cops to fool her. So he's, he's back to, you know, playfully putting on costumes, sneaking around in the dark. Um, like I said, we get our, our rooftop chase. He kind of like crawls out the window, wildly swinging a knife at Jamie. Um, you know, they, they build up this thing across Halloween four and five where it's like, does he want to kill her? Does he want? You know, to help her, can he understand her? Can she like calm him down? And they don't ever really answer or address that. They kind of do in in five, but I I just I hate Halloween five. Yeah, Halloween same. five is a, a horribly bad movie. We talked a little bit about it, I believe, on the Halloween Kills one. Yeah, it uh, it, for me, it's just um, it basically I feel like squanders everything good Halloween four you could have built off. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that's. Basically, and and I, it's really boring. I find that, and it does what I hate horror sequels that do this. Um, the only time it worked for me was Dream Master. Usually, you'll get like you know because all the, the supporting friends are killed off in one movie. The survivor has a whole brand new group of friends by the next movie. I mean, yeah, okay, life goes on. I get that, but in Dream Master, 
you're following the survivors of the Dream Warriors, and it's like Kristen is pretty much the only one who's friends with the new people, and it's because of um, she's dating the new main character's brother. But her whole thing is she's so fucked up emotionally, psychologically from the last movie. She's barely even like present in any of their social interactions. Whereas in Dream Child, Alice just now has a whole new group of friends. Like nothing happened. So mm-hmm. Halloween Five does that, where you know Rachel has this friend Tina who we never saw, and then they have these other two friends that like you know they wouldn't even fit in in Halloween Four. Right. Um, but that yeah, and you know, Halloween Four, like you know, we'd say Halloween Two feels like a a very eighties, especially eighty one slasher. I think Halloween Four feels like again, it's not really kid friendly, but it's just definitely one that I saw a lot as a kid. I showed it to my sister a lot as a kid. Uh, it's more like a haunted house movie. It, it it's to me, it's like a it's not quite full nineties, but it's like it's leaning towards more like a, the nineties feel for me at least. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, do, it does not. I mean, it came out in eighty eight, but it does not feel like an eighties slasher. Yeah. Um, speaking of things that came out in the 90s, we jump now uh, to 98 for Hollow Scream, which is Halloween H2O. Basically, Scream came out, was super popular, and Dimension was like, all right, we're going to redo Halloween. And they hired Kevin Williamson, and they're like, you know what you did with Scream? Do that with Halloween. Uh, and we get director Steve Miner, who had never done a Halloween movie before, but he did Friday the 13th Part 2 and 3, oh, which, okay. if you're like me and you like your human, Jason, those are arguably two of the best. You know, most people prefer Part 4. Part 3 is my favorite. And in terms of just pure slasher, I think Part 2 is, like, the most slasher that Friday the 13th has ever been. Uh, as for H2O... It definitely is mired in Scream. Um, I remember this one seeming like really gory at the time, but then upon rewatching it, I was like, maybe I was just giving it more credit than due. Yeah, not, I mean, it's not like tame, I would say, but not like particularly gory. Um, and this is uh, also our first of the infamous timeline splits, although. Uh, so basically this one is a direct sequel to Halloween 2 in universe. We find out that, uh, Laurie Strode did not die in a car accident. She faked her death and is basically in like self-imposed Witsack, moved to California and became a, a headmaster at a school. And now she's calling herself Carrie Tate. Yes. And she has a son. She has a son, uh, played by Josh Barnett. And his name is John Tate. Uh, and he will never come back again. He's not even in the direct sequel to this movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the thing with this one is originally, you know, it had been a few years since Halloween 6. They killed off um, Jamie Lloyd in that one. Kevin Williamson's first draft had a scene where she is watching like a news report when it's known that Michael Myers escaped or it's the anniversary or whatever. And they mention that character having died. And, you know, it it just gives more credence to why she's a miserable, paranoid alcoholic. 
So in that, we would have known that everything in all the other movies happened. She did have a daughter who she basically just abandoned, and she's a horrible person. Um, yeah, I'm glad they didn't go for the final movie. So now we have this like split timeline where it's like, okay, well, those movies didn't exist in this timeline. I like to look at it as it's all one, but I can see the argument for both. Yeah, I mean, to me, it's just there's nothing about like Jean or Lori from Halloween one to the like. I'd be like, oh yeah, she would totally like abandon her daughter for no reason. Um, going, yeah, just leave her behind, and I don't know, just it, it. If we are to believe that they happen, like the fact that the events of them would never be mentioned in this movie at all are just bizarre to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Halloween H two O. I really like this movie. In fact, it's one I used to have it a bit lower on my rankings. It's one of those every time I watch it, I tend to like it a little more. I just appreciate what you know, kind of. The, like you said, the scream angle that they're going for. Cause I mean, I do like the scream movies. Um, and I would say it does what the new Halloween movies were going for a lot better than them in terms of showing Lori, like, you know, wrestling with kind of what happened. Um, oh, and I think like, you know, like, I think it does a lot better. By, she lived through one and two. So their body count is much higher and their brother and sister. And he's like supernatural and, and can psychically find her. Like, that makes sense that she's that paranoid and, and, like, popping pills and drinking all the time. In H4O, it was like three people died 40 years ago. Get the fuck over it. Yeah. And, like, she's concerned because um her son's going on the, was it, the field trip with his friends. And, you know, she always gets paranoid around Halloween. Um, with yeah, good reason. Think- like there's a couple of scenes like they don't even do anything fancy, but they just do such a better job of showing how like the events of the Halloween went to like you know still are with her to this day so much mm. better than the new ones did. I mean, it's definitely dated. Even just the people in it were all like, you know, we're in, we're in a late '90s horror movie, so let let's put like everybody from like Dawson's Creek and you know the WB in it. Um. The kills are, are, some of them are really good. Some of them are off screen. It's weird. Um, you know, you, you get your uh, your opening where he kills uh, Marion. And that's how he, like, finds out that Laurie's still alive. But then he's still got superpowers and, like, can censor anyway. Um, Michael looks really fucking weird in this movie. He always did. You know, it's a, it's a different Michael. Doesn't look anything like the ones in, uh, yeah, in four, five, or six. Um, they CGI the mask for part of it, and there's some really weird fucking shots of the mask. Like, there's one where he looks like just a straight up alien. Yeah, I've always uh, said the eye holes for his mask in this one and Resurrection are just way too big. Yeah. Um. Yeah, definitely. I would say probably my least favorite mask of his mm-hmm. um, uh, I mean the setting kind of works it's definitely like all the late 90s early 2000s horror movies it was like we're at a high school we're at a college you know oh, yeah, this this movie is so 90s it, uh, yeah this is the most like 90s movie ever <laughs> I mean, you've yeah, got, you um, got LL Cool, got J, LL cool like J, 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 J writing erotic romance novels yeah 
Um, I love the scene where he's talking to his wife on the phone. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, Halloween 20, I used to not be as high, but I like it more as I rewatch it. Uh, no, I'm with you. Like, it's really dated more so than probably most of the 80s ones, but. Yeah, probably. You know, it's it's got good spots. It's got good character moments. I I definitely like it more than you know the David Gordon Green trilogy, which I just I pretend is not existing ever again. Um, yeah, and so the ending, like they actually put it in the trailer, which was bizarre. But if this was the last movie, would have been a perfect ending. Oh yeah, it works great as an ending. Yeah, but, they, uh... they have a uh, a very schlocky comical showdown. Michael is basically getting like arrested and um, you know, he's like kind of knocked out. He's in the ambulance and then like, she just takes a gun, steals the ambulance, has an ax with her, takes him out to the woods, takes, goes to take his mask off. He reaches for her and just with one swing off with his head. Yes. Uh, um, And this scene is made far more ridiculous by, uh, Halloween Resurrections, and when you find out what else was happening during it. Well, so, I mean, we talked about this briefly in the uh, Halloween Kills one. You know, Mustafa Akkad, who was the guy who originally basically owned all the rights to everything, going back to the first one, had a clause that they could not actually kill Michael. Um, so they actually shot this back-to-back. The plot for the opening of Resurrection is Michael gets a paramedic and like crushes his vocal cords and then puts him in the costume and that's yes. who Lori kills. So that drives her insane. And that's why she's in the nut house. Um, and she said, you know, I'll only come back if they're just going to kill me in the opening scenes. So they're like, all right, we'll do it. But yeah, if you leave out resurrection entirely and just, you know, decide like, Oh, it ends with H2O. It's a perfect ending for if you're only looking at the first two movies or, you know, one all the way through seven. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, that's our uh, our Halloween triple feature. Uh, how would you rank the three movies? I'd probably go two, four, twenty. But uh-huh. four and two have switched places before for me. So I would I would day. go four four two H two O. Yeah. Um. I mean, I'm curious. Just uh. Compared to you know the two other ones that people care about, Nightmare and uh, Friday, what, what's your ranking of the franchises? Like all together? Yeah, like as a whole. Which um, well, I mean, Nightmare is my my favorite horror movie of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there are more. There's more bad Halloweens if you look at everything. Um, you know, there's there's a ton of Fridays, but for the most part, they're either good or they're okay. And there's like two really bad ones. So I would go probably Nightmare, Friday, and then Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of like actual franchises, like I would do, you know, the, the whole that is Demons and then Nightmare would be one, one and two. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I'd probably go, I'd probably go Friday, Halloween, Nightmare. But I mean, I I really love all three. Um, and uh, here, here's, I'll ask you this also: 
where do you think they'll take the Halloween franchise next? Because I don't think it's over. <laughs> um, I think they're trying to do what they're talking about with Hellraiser. So they're going to do an anthology thing for HBO Max or something like that. Probably Peacock. Um, and it's just going to be kind of like Freddy's Nightmares where, you know, it'll be like, you know, from the town of Haddonfield, and then every episode will just be like its own self-contained thing. As far as the movies, I'm expecting a full reboot in three to seven years, and they're just going to make they're going to redo the original, and everybody's going to be young and modern. Yeah, I think they'll do something like that. Just uh, you know, Loomis is going to be like a, a 30 year old black woman. It's going to be a, a misunderstood uh, neurodivergent. And uh, I'm sure L'Oreal will also be a black one. <laughs> yeah, I, I think they'll do a remake of some kind. And then, yeah, but then I think, I, but then I don't think they'll remake like two, four, five, six. No. Like they'll try to do something completely different. That yeah. probably won't be as good. <laughs> well, I mean, if you look at uh, like Rob Zombie, he remade one with a weird like prequel attached to the first hour of it yeah then he kind of remade two for like eight minutes and then just did whatever the fuck <laughs> yeah I yeah like the, the entirety of halloween two and the hospital scene is like the first opening eight minutes or 18 minutes if you're watching the director's cut um and then that literally dead ends it's a dream Yes. And, you know, I, I hated that movie. I mean, we both hated that movie, but I was so fascinated watching the director's cut with the commentary because, like I said, Rob Zombie, like everything people look to in that movie and they're like, oh, this is the best part. It's the opposite of Halloween 2 with Carpenter, where it's things that he himself did on purpose with Rob Zombie. Most of it was just happy accident or him phoning it in and not caring. And for the dream sequence, he's like, yeah, you know, he's like, so did it happen? Was it a dream? It's like, oh, I kind of got bored with it, but you decide. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to one one day pod Halloween, too, because the some of the things people see in that movie, I find I don't agree, but I find it very interesting. Oh, because... I mean, I would say definitely watch the director's cut with the commentary and uh, maybe we'll break that out next year. But maybe it's next... 30th. So I think we are done with our Halloweening. Um, there's a, a ton of Christmas stuff that we can definitely cover that we haven't previously. And like, um, no Thanksgiving movies? What the heck? Well, I mean, there's a couple <laughs> Thanksgiving movies. We could we could make Justin watch Blood Rage. I, I think we'll get a kick out of the cranberry sauce. <laughs> yeah, I love Blood Rage. That's one of my favorites. All right, we could definitely do that. Um, but yeah, no, I mean it's. Uh, you know, Halloween definitely has, like, I don't know, it just has, like, normie appeal, more more so than even Nightmare, definitely than Friday the 13th. You know, like, the whole David Gordon Green thing was only successful because of Jamie Lee Curtis. I can't see her coming back for another one, you know, nah, like me. And um, I don't know going forward, like, I mean, they remade Poltergeist and Pet Cemetery, and nobody cared. So I would imagine that's like what the next phase of Halloween would be like. I mean, I think a straight remake of the first one would probably like do some decent money, but then I just see the sequels falling off quick. Yeah. 
Like, who who cares? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. We we can uh, you know now we have a whole year we can find some franchises, decide some things to do. Um, If anybody's looking for last minute suggestions, I am uh, 20 minutes away from EFAP movies is going to be covering the last of the final destination movies. They, they put up all the other ones and Karen, Um, you know, those were, were fun going back through those. I was thinking maybe we could hit final destination at some point. Um, I know another group did, uh, some of the demons movies versus night of the demons. And then they throw in evil dead, which I can kind of see the comparison. Um, you know, other stuff that we have coming up, we're coming out of October. So next week we're, we're doing our house of the dragon. Uh, you, you will not be on that one, right? I haven't seen an episode yet. <laughs> okay. Um, looking forward to listening to that though. Yeah, it should be a good show. Uh, especially because, it confused the shit out of Justin, so I can't wait yes. for that conversation. Yes. <laughs> um, and then, I, I, yeah, there's I, a I bunch of movies is... coming out that I don't know whoever sees. Like we're, we're rolling into like when the the quote unquote typically good stuff comes out. Yeah, um, late December or late uh, November into December usually. Um, I just saw a you know eleventh hour horror movie. Uh, called Pray for the Devil, and it was terrible. Um, oh, I saw the trailer. They, God, I have seen that trailer so many times before movies. It looks so bland. And I mean, it was. <laughs> and like, so my thing, and I, I put up a post in in the horror group, and you know, most people probably my age, older or a few years younger, understood immediately. Other people like really took it personally, and all I said was, "Stop making PG thirteen horror movies." Now, obviously, I'm not saying, like, stop making movies for actual, like, 13 and younger. You know, that's great. Get people into horror. Stop making what should be schlock-filled, R-rated horror movies to, you know, bring in this wider audience on really bland CGI bullshit. And, um, you know, for Demonic Possession, the go-to example I use, there's an 88 film called uh, The Unholy. And it's like Hellraiser meets The Exorcist, and it, it's just completely fucking bonkers. It's about a succubus that, that like seduces a priest, and she's like naked the entire movie, and then she turns into like a wannabe Clive Barker monster. It's great. It's it's so fucking ridiculous. Um, Vestrin put it out, and like they're thinking they used to have like movies would retail like forty bucks, and then they kind of went half out of business, and now everything is like eight bucks. And I was like, yes, please. Uh, actually, they're putting out all the Silent Night, Deadly Night sequels. I already pre-ordered that shit. Oh, okay. Yeah, December 13th. That. Can't wait. <laughs> um, yeah. but, I've yeah. seen that trailer so many times for so many movies. Um, yeah, it, it was it was really trailer. fucking bland. It, it yeah. was things we've seen before. There's nothing memorable. There's nothing fun. And, uh, and uh, I was just looking at its Wikipedia page written by the guy who wrote ha- Halloween 20. There you go. There's a connection. Kevin Williamson? Uh, the co-writer. Oh, okay. I was gonna say, Robert Williams did like Scream, The Faculty, you know, disturbing behavior. I mean, the man's got a resume. The other guy, yeah, uh, doesn't surprise me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm afraid for the devil. I will uh, probably not be seeing that because it just, like, you said, not surprised here. It's bland because it looked uh, quite boring. <laughs> I mean, it had loosely had elements of a terribly, terribly schlocky actual R-rated movie I recently watched again with Sarah 
uh, and that was the Inception Exorcist with um, Aaron Eckhart called Incarnate. Terrible, terrible movie, but it's so fucking schlocky. It's fun, and it's you know it knew to be R-rated. Um, this one was just like you know it was a bad TV movie. Yeah. Um, the best horror movie in theaters right now is the uh, Dawn of the Dead re-release. People go go yeah. that. That or uh, Terrifier Two went wide this weekend, and I think it made like another eight or nine mil. Yeah, I I, I will see that eventually in the next few days. Also, I might see that smile movie. My friends want to see it, but I I saw it. it you know, like I I don't really get why people are raving about it. Um, it reminded me of the ridiculous Truth or Dare movie. That's what that's what it looked like to me. But like, and then more there was one serious. like um, the old Goosebumps, Say Cheese and Die, or Final Destination Three called Polaroid. Um, but then that one turns into a Nightmare on Elm Street ripoff with a schlock monster made out of like film negative. Yeah, well, uh, was smile saying... was okay. It's just the premise is so ridiculous. It's a demon that causes people to kill themselves by smiling, and like if you start seeing someone smiling a lot, they're gonna kill themselves. Yeah, it looks very kind of. Uh, we've gotten a few of them since since uh, the it follows. Yeah, I call it. Yeah. Um. Of you know, it'll go to the next person. Uh, only they can see it. Blah blah blah. Yep. Um, yeah, like I said, it's in line with things like Wish Upon or Truth or Dare, but those are just so much fucking. Yeah, they're so stupid and hilarious. Like this one, I can't see rewatching it. There's nothing really to laugh at. It, it looked more serious, just based on the yeah, characters. yeah. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think what other movies. Uh, I mean, I know the guys reviewed Black Adam. I, I will probably see that. Um. And other than that, the only movies I want to see are the uh, Triangle of Sadness and uh, Decision to Leave Again. Yeah. But uh, oh, and uh, you know, everyone get ready. November third is Godzilla Day. They're bringing back Godzilla against Mechagodzilla to theaters. Even oh shit! <laughs> Even though it's kind of one of the mid ones, but whatever. <laughs> I mean, Godzilla in theaters, you know. I'm always down for some millennium era Godzilla, my favorite period. Yeah. So, all right, buddy. On that note, uh, we will say happy Halloween. I think we are we're done with all the October, and on to November. Yep. Happy Halloween, everyone. Basis. <laughs>